and welcome to this week's episode of Your Manchester. Your Manchester is powered by Talk Talk's Future Fibre, which has now arrived in Manchester. Future Fibre broadband is ultra-fast and ultra-reliable, and with speeds up to a whopping 900 megabit, it's fast enough to handle anything you can throw at it. Plus, you can connect over 75 devices at once. So bye-bye, fighting over the Wi-Fi. As if it couldn't get any better, Future Fibre plans now come with an Amazon Eero mesh router, so you can get the latest Wi-Fi 6 tech for free. To see if your postcode can get Future Fibre, search Talk Talk Future Fibre now. On the show tonight, we are speaking to Richie Neville from Five, Darren Knight from the George House Trust, Eric Ern, due to appear at the Lowry, Rob Cookson from the LGBT Foundation, and loads, loads more. So stick around for this week's podcast edition of Your Manchester. Well, there was an absolute sensation of a boy band around the late 90s, beginning of the noughties. Joining us in the studio now, Richie Neville. What do you think the success of Five has been so far? I think Five's got an interesting mix of people. I think Five's got uh, an interesting mix of music. We don't just do one thing. Uh, you know, we can do a ballad. We can do something rocky in your face. We can go funk. We can go dance. I think it makes for interesting viewing. And it's it's all about, you know, more about sort of the live experience now. And like, you know, we, you know, we go bananas on the shows and stuff. So, yeah. We actually reformed in 2013 for the big reunion. Uh-huh. And uh, that's what sort of brought us back together, you know, for the TV show. And then, you know, I'd had what over 10 years out and um i just felt like it was like 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 being introduced to an old friend again or something you know getting back on stage and doing the tunes it was something that i'd given up on completely i actually owned a restaurant and um and stuff like that so yeah it was just you know and then it just it rolled on from there you know we just kept getting offered gigs uh you know around you know around the world as well and festivals and this and that and it was like well you know what this is a really really beautiful way to make money and to you know to make your living is to go out in front of loads of people absolutely for me it beats you know in my interest it certainly beats owning a restaurant so um yeah (laughs) you're like i'd I'd rather be singing to the public than going hi what can i get you yeah yeah exactly yeah (laughs) And of course, you've come back now with the double I A sided single Shangri La and Making Me Fall, which has just done remarkably well. Uh, what's the message behind them two songs, please, Richie? Okay, so how we got recording music again, we'd never been in the same sort of um, space mentally to sort of get recording. And during the lockdown, everyone obviously, it's been a terrible two years and we were completely restricted out of work. Um, and and we just to, to to give people some joy, you know, give our fans some joy. We did a remix and a, a kind of a re-recording when we could like meet up and stuff of "Keep on Moving," which then yeah. snowballed into into making more music and that kind of thing. And then we thought, well, what are we going to do? Sit on it, or should we just put it out? So we've we're putting it out. Here we are. It's amazing. It is. No, and even up to last week, it was Friday, you just released a new single, which Time, I think it was called. Time, it's yeah. very different to your usual stuff that I have to say. I, I felt it was quite emotional. What, what created that sort of music to come from you guys when people know you for being such a pop sensation? Yeah. I mean, look, you, you, you know, you're never just one thing, are you? You're never just in one mood. 
Um, so, you know, yeah, we do like to funk out and we do like to rock mm-hmm. out, but, you know, that is another aspect to us. We're all fathers now. You know, we've, we've, you know, we turned corners. We felt pain. We've got philosophical in the back of vans and stuff. And I suppose that's that side coming out. Um, but it is a bit of a, it, it gets you that song. I mean, I, I've yet oh, to hear 100%. anybody not say that. Yeah. And of course, that's on a pre-order on the third from the third of December. And then you're coming back with a theatre tour, and uh, as well as the '90s Baby Arena tour. I mean, that was, must feel amazing that you're still successful, prominent, and, and needed enough to still be carrying on doing all these things. It's it, honestly, you, you literally count your blessings every day. Um, you know, I mean, the the shows. That's what I mean. In the past ten years and have just been huge the, the the people have just been enjoying it so much and it just seems to keep keep rolling on um you know it keeps I, I on moving feel, exactly somebody <laughs> had to say it <laughs> but no it, it does you know it just it's 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 truly a, a blessing you know that kind of whole you know just just giving thanks and stuff well well i do every day for for being able to do that so can we expect to hear any more new singles coming out in the next year or so from Five? And what can people expect from that type of music then? Look, there's always going to be, you know, if we do any more, that it will always be generally up-tempo, um, you know, and kind of fun. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we like to throw a curveball in there. But, you know, the album's not out until January. Uh, mm-hmm. It's available for pre-order, like you said. And, um, you know, so we're going to let that have a little bit of life before we start thinking well, about anything else. You keep going, because uh, you've always been one of my favourite little boy bands. I don't know what it is, everybody, about their lovely music, but there's just something about these three keeping going at the beautiful time of life that keeps inspiring me and inspiring me to keep on moving, indeed. So for now, Mr Neville, thank you so much for your time. Thank you and have much, a fantastic, Richie. fantastic 2022. Thank no you. No worries. Big up, Manchester. Joining us up next, Belinda may be an ambassador, but here to speak to us from the place itself, from the George House Trust, it's Darren Knight. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Why is World AIDS Day so important for people to deal with on the 1st of December every year? I think the, the day is massively important. So we've marked it for many, many years now, and it gives us an opportunity to reflect remember but also take action and raise awareness because the battle is not yet won we've made so much progress with regards to hiv in this country it's absolutely amazing but there's still a long way to go people are still being diagnosed and we've got great things on the horizon like the 2030 hope for um, ending new transmissions of hiv but Mm -hmm. we're not there and ultimately we've had 40 years of the hiv response and we're still responding it's fantastic. It's obviously, you know, it's such a day that people remember who they've lost, who, who they've who they've gained as well, because I, I know quite a few people who have contracted HIV and AIDS who have almost met more people like them and been able to make partnerships and, and families out of that uh, that they didn't realise was there. Do you think such a day like this really brings more people together? I think um, tonight at the vigil... That's an important point of bringing people together, but also the people that come through the doors at George House Trust. There is a solidarity and camaraderie with people living with HIV. Often, people can't talk to their families. People don't talk to their friends. It's a very private virus um, because of the stigma 
that's attached to it. And the way that we tackle stigma is by getting more people talking about it. And we get more people talking about it by raising their confidence and giving them support. So that's why George House Trust is wholly focused on inspiring people living with HIV to live healthy and confidently. Do you think the stigma around HIV should be ended now? Is there a reason why people have still got stigma around it? Well, I think that we, if you look back um, into the 80s, the big campaign, the tombstones, those things are etched into people's minds. Um, we still hear kind of the myths around HIV, catch it off cups, toilet seats, all that kind of thing. That's yeah. still around, so that stigma's perpetuated. But ultimately, we've got to be really quite honest that most people particularly in this country, but, you know, around the world, get HIV through sex, and we mm -hmm. don't talk openly about that. And the other issues are drug use. Um, and so it's kind of when you kind of compound those factors in and then you look who it, you know, kind of mainly affects in this country, which is men who have sex with men and also black African communities, there's racism and homophobia in there. It's mm -hmm. a big melting pot of hate, shame, fear and that's what we've got to get over so it's a big job i suppose that we a lot of people wouldn't take into account the the race side of the hiv uh, perhaps tell us a bit more about the, the the black people that come to you with hiv yeah so um i know that jeff from my team has been on your show so thank you very much uh -huh. for having him um, no problem ultimately yeah uh, there, there is a big you know, kind of need to be addressed. It disproportionately impacts black African communities um, and other um, black, Asian and minority ethnic communities as well in the same way that it disproportionately impacts gay and bisexual men. And so we need to make sure that those messages get out to those communities, that they have the support they need. And that's why George House Trust is proud to work in partnership with both LGBT Foundation and BHA for Equality in tackling those populations and providing the support and information to really where people are in communities, doing some real grassroots community work to make sure that people have information about testing and they know the status and have the support they need if they're HIV positive. Obviously, we've had such things like It's a Sin, which is, is sort of put it back in the public's me and I almost, because that was sort of true. That wasn't just like LGBT people who had watched it. It was it was quite a, a whole range of people that were interested. And it definitely opened up for a lot more people's mind and understanding untransmittable is um, worse. What thing? Uh, untransmittable. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So for anyone watching this show right now, what would you say to them that might be struggling with finding out this information? I think the most important thing is know your status. And so that's that's the best thing. And once you know your status, you'll if you are HIV positive, you'll be put on treatment. You'll take one, two, maybe a few more tablets per day. And that will manage it. And ultimately, as you say, undetectable equals untransmittable which That's means the one. is the one <laughs> i knew i was like untransmittable no undetectable equals untransmittable <laughs> no i'm impressed so it's good but ultimately <laughs> that basically means that um the amount of hiv in your body cannot be passed on through sex and mm. so through unprotected sex so you kind of can't pass it on i think is the simplest message and it's that you can just have a normal, healthy sex life. I've been making a few comments over the past couple of days about um, HIV equity. And so what mm -hmm. the good thing is now is that people living with HIV will not die of HIV, providing it's caught in time. They'll die of heart attacks like everybody else. Isn't that great? Oh, great. You're going to die like everyone else. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but that's a really, really positive achievement in medical science down to some amazing people and activists over the years that we've achieved that. And we just keep learning. So new HIV injectable antiretroviral 
antiviral drugs are coming along next year. There's been a lot of news about that recently. We've got PrEP, which I'm sure Rob will be talking about. Yes. Foundation. There's all sorts of great stuff. It's just progress after progress. We've just got a little bit of a hill to climb to get to that. No new transmissions and then end the stigma. So George House Trust, a very prominent charity around all that we've been talking about today. Why should people and why would you invite people to come and utilise your service? Because at the end of the day, living with HIV, you know, most people can um, they just go to the clinic, get the medications, get the support they need. But some people need additional support at different points in their life. So it might go wrong, relationship breakdown. You just mm-hmm. might want to talk to somebody about your HIV. And that's what we're here for. We do counselling, we do peer support, we offer welfare grants. There's so much going on behind the doors at George House Trust for the people that need us. And it's just about people being aware that we're here. So if they do need us, they can come over our doorstep and have the support that they need. And staying with the theme of World AIDS Day, we now speak to the other fabulous charity behind this wonderful, wonderful day. That is, of course, the LGBT Foundation. This is Mr. Rob Cookson. It's a strange day because it's a celebration, but also a look back at what was wrong all the years ago. I mean, how do you come about putting this in place every 1st of December? What what happens? I think it's a balance. I mean, we've got the vigil later, mm-hmm. so that's at, um, uh, this evening at Sackville Gardens, and I think that that's a real opportunity for remembrance. But it's also an opportunity to remember how far we've come. Um, you know, the first cases of, of, of HIV uh, and AIDS were identified in 1981, mm-hmm. so it's 40 mm-hmm. years now. Actually, people can live with HIV a very long and successful life, so people don't just live with HIV but thrive with HIV. Um, so it's a real team effort. It's a real team effort. So what, what do you do on this 1st of December? What happens today? So we do a lot of awareness raising events. So we obviously uh, promote the importance of the red ribbon. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the red ribbon is really critical to sort of people um, understanding HIV, understanding the context of it, showing their visible support. We have a lot of conversations with people. Um, we've been doing HIV testing at GAY, mm-hmm. um, we've got a big uh, fundraiser at Eagle later, so massive thank you to all the, all the bars and venues and I shall you know, be everyone supports us. Our, our lovely red jacket. In my red jacket, doing my best singing, little singer fun over do at Eagle. Sing? Yeah, I do, I do, well, allegedly. Okay. I want to talk about the testing, because I want people to fully understand that it's not a complex thing to be tested these days, is it? Testing is easy. It's never been easier than, than it is now. Lots of options to go to get testing you can um free hiv sites that you know online there's lgbt foundation website that you can go to um and it's really easy it's really simple mm-hmm. you've got lots of different choices so you can go to the sexual health clinic and get a hiv test and other uh, sexually transmitted infection tests um but you can also order them in the post you can get them in the post and just actually test yourselves um and the thing to remember is that lots of people take a HIV test mm-hmm. every single day, um, particularly not just on World Day, World AIDS Day, but every day of the year. Um, it's really simple. It's really easy. Um, you can, if you, if you perhaps, if you are a little bit nervous about it, you can contact the LGBT Foundation, and we, we, you know, do HIV testing, and we can do some uh, support around that as well. Ask any questions. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's so much easier to get tested now than ever before. We've made massive medical advances, huge medical advances in terms of the treatment that people can, can, can have. So 
you know, the key message for me is if you get tested, mm. you then know your HIV status. Yeah. And, you know, your HIV status, you can, you can get on treatment and live a very, uh, you know, long and a thriving life. Um, but, but stigma is we've got a long way to go with it, mm -hmm. a long, long way to go with it. And a lot of people who are living with HIV, um, you know, it can be difficult for them to sort of talk about their status. Um, and it's a responsibility for all of us, not just people living with HIV. Um, so we, we need to do a lot better on stigma. Yes. Yeah. So what would be the ultimate goal then? You know, say 10 years time, if we have this conversation again, where would you hope we would be? in regards to the stigma and, and indeed HIV? Well, the government's launched an action plan today, a national action plan, um, which they've got the aim of by 2030 to get to uh, no more new HIV infections. Mm. So no more, uh, no, no more new HIV infections. And I would add to that no more stigma either. Think about how we really end this. All the while, it's Eric and Ern, or better known, Ian and Jonty. Bring me sunshine in your sky. <laughs> I ain't got a dollar, I'm not with a cent. Ding! I'm singing, Bob. He's singing, Bob. She doesn't holler, she live in a tent. Hey! 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 Bring me laughter. Oh, Hawaii. You're not seriously gonna do some ventriloquism. Very similar. Hello, Charlie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I can see your lips moving. Of course you can, you fool. Because it's me who's doing it for him. He can't do it on his own, he's wood. Great! What are you, a waiter for open the palmers? <laughs> Hey, it's clever, isn't it? In this world where women are, there should be more happiness. Shakespeare? Hey? Shakespeare? I've no idea who he is, Earn. It was just handed to me when I came on. What do you think of the show so far? <laughs> Mr. Memory! <clears throat> Hassel! Get out of that. You can't, can you, eh? You can't, you can't. Now, in your spot. We're supposed to go on to the end of the first verse. I don't know why I work with the man. I don't. I don't quite know how to put this. Yes. Yes. I still haven't been paid. Who is it? The BBC? Yes, I'll accept the charges. He's not going to sell much ice cream good at that speed, is he? What are these? Bongo. Just watch it. That's all. What are these? They are bongo. Well, does he know you've got them? Can he say fracker? No. Fracker. Bring me blood. Bring me sunshine. Bring me love. How are you both? Hello, well, hello, right. hello, hello. Are you bringing us sunshine to make well, me smile? Are.
Hey, always, now, always. this is going remarkably fantastic. Well, first of all, let's focus on the success of the two people that this all comes from, which is, of course, Eric Markham and Ernest Weiss, as I like to call him. What was their success? Why were they so successful, in your opinion? They were funny, basically. Absolutely <laughs> hilariously funny. And that's why people still love them now. I think the most important thing about Eric and Ernest is they appeal to everybody. Mums, dads, grandparents, kids, all of us watch Morecambe and Wise. And also, mm. of course, they, they started off in the theatres, didn't they, Ian? Yeah, the vaudeville, yeah. They learned yeah. their trade um, working their way up the, up the bill um, way back in, in the, the 30s, wasn't it, John T? They, 40s, they were, 40s. 40s, child performers, child performers. So they were 20 but, years doing it before they had a sniff of success, which yeah. I think wow. gave, gave them their longevity, you know. And their relationship, you could see they were, they were like brothers. They loved each other. It was a genuine friendship. And, and yeah, it's like me and John T, you, you can't fake that. I no. tried. And it doesn't work. <laughs> I try it too every day across the table. Don't worry. Oh, darling, tell me about it. Tell me about it. You know what I mean? Tricky or what? So, <laughs> you're obviously not impersonating them because having seen the show a few times, you're, 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 yes, you're them and you really are and you're living up to everybody's expectations of watching a live show with them. But it's so much more. What did you inject into it to make it your own? Well, I mean, I think for us, for Ian, Ian and I, we're both fundamentally, we're actors. And the, the first show that we created about Eric and Ern was a play about their story, about their relationship. So we researched a lot and approached it as, as we would as if we were portraying a role in, a, in any play. But of course, these two people are the most, two of the most well-known people in Britain. <laughs> yeah, we started off trying to, there's a tape of them live at Fairfield Halls. And we, we watched that a lot. We, we literally started off trying to mimic every move and intonation. We soon discovered that was the wrong thing to do. So we, so we put that to one side. We learned the lines. And, and, and John T and I have this relationship. We've known each other for 38 years. So we're, we're like the we boys. Went we're like, yes, exactly. I was a child star. But, um, so that's what it is. It's, it's our friendship <laughs> and our timing as, as mates as well. That, that makes it work as well, I think. Well, obviously, it's a, it's quite a comedic show, especially obviously about who it's oh, about. And John, you you <laughs> I hope for this one too. It's fine. <laughs> obviously, because you've done quite a bit of um, well, quite a bit of soap work and like sort of like seriously drama sort of things. So, was it a big difference for you to go from doing so many serious roles to a comedic one, or was it quite an easy transition? Do you know what? It's just a. It's a. I mean, the thing is, I think Eric, Ian, and I are both. I mean, I'm a massive Morecambe Wise fan. And Eric and Ernie have been my sort of heroes since I was a kid. So to, to, to have the opportunity to try and portray Eric has been an absolute dream, really. And I couldn't want anything more. But approaching it, yes, it is a bit different. But it's all, acting is still the same, whether it's drama or comedy. I would say comedy is harder, mm. that's what they say. I think, I think somebody said, I think it was John Gilgood said, uh, dying is easy, comedy is hard. I think that Absolutely. That was just before he died, which was a shame, really. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> shame we never got anything better out of him, but it's great we got that. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've done all sorts here We've done comedy, drama, whatever. But this is a joy. This is a joy. And that's it for this week's episode of Your Manchester. Today's episode of Your Manchester has been powered by Talk Talk's Future Fibre, the UK's fastest and most reliable broadband technology, which is now available here in Manchester. Search Tartar Future Fibre to find out more.